Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. Welcome back to the Collective Shift channel. Today, we'll be discussing a recent post by our senior research analyst, Nick, on the state of the metaverse. This is part two of a two-part series in which Nick explores where the metaverse is at in terms of the blockchain-based metaverse ecosystem. For those of you who didn't watch last week's episode, I encourage you to see our analysis of part one. But in part two, we'll be getting into you know ways to get exposure to the metaverse sector. This post was published for Collective Shift members recently and is an example of the type of content we produce for our valued members to help them save time and make informed decisions. Nick, I'll hand over to you to take it away. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Enjoyed our first chat talking about the metaverse. So the first post mostly looked at where we are right now in the metaverse and going over some sort of explanations and challenges that I think a lot of businesses are going through. And now part two really dove right into different ways to get exposure. Uh, So... One of my main takeaways from the post pretty much was just that I'm pretty bearish on quite a lot of these metaverse projects. Uh, members have access to sort of an air table where I rate and categorize a lot of these cryptocurrency projects uh, in terms of their token, how much land they have, what their use is, and where they fit in the ecosystem. Yeah, no, that air, air table is very well put together, Nick. And yeah, it's going to be updated throughout the year. I'm sure there's a lot more of these projects go live but yeah i know that the sort of um overall you know you know way that you approach part two i know was you know ways to, to gain exposure i think for people who watch our sort of video on the state of gaming you know in january and february uh you know that this was a, a similar sort of you know part two to ways to get exposure to gaming um with respect to you know the metaverse sector nick talk a bit about how you broke broke down the ways that yeah investors out there can get exposure to to the metaverse sector so just looking at, I guess, some other metaverse indexes and sort of products out there, uh, looking just from a purely uh, I think informational perspective in terms of one of the biggest ones, which is the, the uh, Bitwise Metaverse Index, which looks at and splits it up into sort of four areas. It goes asset ledgers and these different interoperability solutions, uh, which come together. So they're kind of the core infrastructure that allow it to happen. And then we've got other infrastructure tools, such of such as things like R-Weave or Chainlink, which power a lot of this uh, Web3. Then we can split that up into decentralized finance and marketplaces, and then these virtual platforms and communities, which are more akin to your sandbox or your ApeCoin. Uh, that was a really interesting one that I thought is a good representation of how mm. different people are looking at getting exposure. Then we can sort of break that up into five different ways. Uh, which we can dive into is uh, metaverse tokens, which is probably the most popular way people will think to get exposure to metaverse. And uh, then we have crypto native infrastructure, uh, which is just things like, as I mentioned, uh, the graph. Then we got you know Chainlink and Arweave. Uh, then we got crypto indexes, uh, all the way down to the NFTs in the metaverse, such as items and lands. And then we even have the non-crypto route, which I personally feel is probably the highest um, probability of getting broad exposure to this sort of thing. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for breaking that down, Nick. I like how you, you know, started it you know, native to crypto and then all the way through to, you know, ways that, that are, you know, exogenous to, to crypto to really give everyone an option out there. 
Um, I noticed throughout your, you know, part two of your, your report, you kind of, as I'm getting up on my screen here, you kind of, uh, I like the way you catalog, um, categorized it in terms of, you know, the time management in terms of, and also like level of knowledge required, I think, cause that's one thing, you know, our members, the collective shift community are always sort of, you know, telling us they don't have time, you know, you know how do I get involved in X, Y, Z without, without, you know, using up hours and hours of my spare time. So, you know, I really like how you, you categorize this. I think, could you talk a bit about, you know, which, which ones were sort of the most time intensive and, and then also which ones were sort of required the most level of knowledge and, and even the least um, amount of knowledge? So the ones that uh, really dedicate the most uh, time management and level of knowledge is diving into the metaverse tokens themselves because... Mm. After all, if you got to really research and understand these different platforms, if say one may not perform well, it'll probably go to zero and then you don't mm. have any broad exposure to the metaverse really. Uh, you're putting all your eggs in one basket in terms of looking into whether it's Decentraland or it's Sandbox or whether it's ApeCoin. Uh, so right up there as well is looking at NFTs in the metaverse because you really got to look at like items. Uh, these are your sort of profile pictures or your avatars. And then the in-game land themselves, which I've discussed before, um, I find extremely risky uh, and mm. probably has the highest amount of trust and speculation in the market. Mm. In terms of looking at the ones with lowest, uh, is you have to go to your crypto indexes, uh, which provide you the easiest ability, especially if they are rebalanced. Uh, you don't have to really worry about putting all your eggs in one basket or keeping up with the latest trends. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I'll just um, jump in there. So I suppose what you're saying, Nick, is, you know, with, with a higher risk or higher demand on your time would be the ones that are a more, you know, a really precise play, like such as something like for just as the sake of an example, like the ape token or ape coin token, there might be an instance where in decades to come, you know, you've invested in that, the, the performance of it may actually go like terribly. And however, like as a sector, metaverses may actually outperform the market and go on to, you know, to greater heights. Um, so, so I suppose that's the risk you're trying to highlight there, Nick, which I really like how you put it. And then similarly, you know, with the NFTs themselves as well, you might be accurate in terms of your category sort of, you know, hunch that you have that metaverses are going to do well. Um, but yeah, really important uh, note that you, that you kind of, um, outlined there, Nick. So then in terms of the broader exposure, if you are just confident on metaverses, but you really don't want to sort of choose a particular project, could you just talk through, uh, yeah, the, these indexes in, in a bit more detail as I get it up on screen here? Yeah. So we have uh, two different layers. I think there's an accredit accredited route, uh, which really depends on uh, your status, I guess, as um, mm. in your own country, which is really dependent on like your, your laws in, you know, where you reside. Mm. Uh, so the one that anybody can really access is the metaverse index, uh, which is on Uniswap. Mm. Then you might have more higher barriers to entry with things like, uh, Bitwise's, uh, or Multicoin's uh, metaverse yeah. index, you know, but it's useful to have a look at what they're doing and you can sort of see the broad exposure that they're looking at, especially, uh, Bitwise's Metaverse Index, which really takes into account a lot of broader, um, quote unquote, like Web3 different um, protocols in the crypto space. So it's not just down to these big games. They're really expanding the focus. Um, the biggest focus as well, I thought, was 
this non-crypto route, which was my main takeaway from the post, mm. mainly because I was pretty bearish on a lot of these cryptocurrency metaverses. Um, I'm quite skeptical of a majority of them. Sure. And I really have a hunch that a lot of the value will lie with non-crypto uh, plumbing who are powering the metaverse. So you're talking about things here, like so things that would enable it to to support auxiliary source services, like things like like manu like chips, like um, hardware chips and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, so a classic yeah. example, uh, maybe we could put it on the screen as well, is yeah. things like Sandbox. So the Sandbox is a cryptocurrency metaverse and gaming platform and community. But for the Sandbox to become a reality and a, and actually have a product, you need to have uh, in-game engines such as Unity, which render and bring the virtual world to life. Mm. Then you need, you know, chip companies like um, the, you know, some of the biggest are uh, Intel or AMD or NVIDIA to power the graphics to make that happen. Mm. Then you even have uh, other sort of in-game uh, virtual creators that come in and populate the metaverse and provide entertainment in these. Then you could go mm. a step further and say the hardware manufacturers that allow you to view it in, in, in VR, for example, all these need to happen to power Sandbox to become like a thriving metaverse. So the question really lies whether Sandbox is gonna retain the value um, or whether it's all these, uh, which I like to call the, the plumbing of the metaverse, you mm. know, uh, which really make it a reality. Yeah, that's a really great yeah observation, and and then in that sense too, you do have you know the more comfortable, you know, traditional route of, of valuing companies and and traditional investing that like there is so much like less um you know novelty to it in terms of when you're trying to pick you know whether to pick Decentraland or the Sandbox's native token and all the different things like token unlocks and you know inflation mm. issuance and all that, which traditional investors don't have to to worry about per se. Um, so yeah, no, they're really well put. I think, um, you know, just tying it together now that, you know, you've done part two of your, your two part series. Um, we might just leave, leave the listeners here, um, with just, just my question to you, Nick overall would be, you know, what's something you really just want to see from like this whole metaverse category in 2023. If you sort of just had to sum up the way you're just feeling about the category as we, as we talk here in early March. I think it's just continuing to see user activity, especially in the crypto native uh, metaverse. Uh, Decentraland has been very guilty of this, that they just haven't been able to retain or access users. So I'd like to say more practical right. ways to get people involved, make building in these platforms easier, maybe reduce the barriers to entry to creating them and just really opening it up in a, in a much easier way. I know a lot of these web two ones have gained significant attraction, but you know, crypto native metaverses have really yet to make any impact at all. So really keen to see some, some more practical uses and use cases come out that make these actually uh, a thing people want to use. Mm, yeah, no, it's going to be exciting to watch. I know, <clears throat> as we've talked about, there's a lot that are coming online uh, pretty soon, or at least working on significant updates as well for the ones that do exist. So yeah, we'll be tracking that 
<clears throat> the collective shift team for sure. And, um, yeah, discussing it with the community, posting about it in posts such as this one. So yeah, we will wrap things up there. As I did say at the top of the show, uh, this post was published recently on the collective shift platform. And yeah, just showcasing here an example of the type of content that we do produce, uh, for our valued members to help them save time and make informed decisions. If you are wanting to level up your crypto game, go over to collectiveshift.io to book a free strategy call over at our website. Once again, that's collectiveshift.io. Thanks for joining me, Nick, and thank you all for listening.